Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm here with Lee and Catherine and David. Uh, and we're in a session which is all about integrating health and social care and using quality improvement uh, in drug recovery services um, and in employment services, getting people back into work and keeping people in work. Um, Lee, I wanted to start with you and ask you to tell us a bit about your collaborative clinic. How does it work? How is it different from hospital care? And how could the model be used elsewhere? Sure. Well, I'm a medical officer with Glasgow Alcohol and Drug Recovery Service. I'm based in Govan. And what we did was we started up a combined clinic in the treatment service for opiate substitution therapy and hepatitis C treatment. So we moved the traditional hospital treatment for hepatitis C out into the community where patients were attending anyway. Um, And we got some good results from that. And tell us what the results were, and I get these are small numbers, but tell us a little bit about how you think, what the effect was, and Mm -hmm. what the kind of active ingredient was, if you like. Sure, I mean, they were small numbers. We were talking about 74 patients all in, but what we showed is that people that had the opportunity to attend the combined clinic were far more likely to remain engaged with the service, to complete their liver assessments, and to progress through treatment. Um, It just making it that little bit easier for people to engage and have a more personalised service seems to have made a big impact. And how do you think other services can take this on? Presumably it's quite a simple thing to set up. It was actually very simple. We didn't invent any new treatment or anything like that. It was simply moving locations for the service that was already there. Um, so it's really just about thinking, how can I make it easier for someone? If someone's attending an appointment somewhere, why then have to go and attend somewhere else? where it could actually be offered in the same place at the same time. I was really interested to see that the, the use of drugs reduced a lot in people that were using the combined service. Why do you think that was? I think there's probably a lot of factors at play there. I think having the intensive support on site helped. Um, I think as well patients appreciated having a little bit more of a, a focus on their overall health rather than just focusing on drugs, focusing on hepatitis C, but actually focusing on them as people and their overall well-being. Great, thank you. Catherine and David, turning to you, tell us a bit about this pilot work you've done, this health and and work support pilot, um, and the clients that you've helped with this. So basically, the the pilot is two two year pilot which went live in June twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's in Fife and Dundee only, and basically it's a service to support people with a health condition or a disability who are perhaps at work but um, struggling to stay at at, at work, um, or recently unemployed. And it's also for employers um, as well. So um, the service is primarily a health offer to support people to, to get to get back into work. Um, they can either call a, a national number or use our, our website. Uh, they can refer themselves or it might be that their GP refers them or another health professional or a, a work coach um, may refer them to the service. They then um, access the national um, call, call centre, they're enrolled and importantly are passed to either Fife or Dundee to the local teams there who work with them um, to develop a, a, an action plan mm-hmm. um, and support them through physiotherapy, occupational therapy, uh, counselling. And, and what we've we've also done within the... The pilot is, is set up um, 
two improvement programmes, one in Fife and one in Dundee. And we have nine nine teams um, across the, the areas who are working on an improvement project, so using improvement methodology um, on a project that links into and supports the the, the pilot. Um, so the majority of the teams, uh, it's been fantastic. They're actually looking at how to engage people in the the service and how they can support people to refer um, into the service. These groups that are often, um, I suppose, that we, we, we don't reach, these groups that we need to reach that we don't, mm-hmm. that we don't reach. Um, so David has been taking part in, in the improvement programme and has been doing an improvement project as, as part of that. Yep. So the improvement project that I've been involved in is um, having a presence in the job centre. So one of the big challenges that we found is we've spoken to a lot of people and especially people who are unemployed at job fairs and they do say that the the service, when you speak to them, the service will be useful for them. But um, we're finding one of the challenges is that they don't phone up for the service and it's free, it's confidential. So there's that barrier there. So I think one of the reasons we kind of thought we'll try and break down the barrier is we'll go to the people and... Um, and that's why we kind of have a, job, a presence at the job centre to try and be more available and also have a presence there so the work coaches have, know who we are and they can come and ask us questions or they can come and speak to us when a client comes in who's, who's struggling and then we can go across and introduce ourselves to them as well. It's all about reaching the people that need the support and making them realise that the support is there for them. I work a lot in mental health and I'm really interested in employment as an objective for people with severe mental illness and people with intellectual disabilities and people that maybe you know the the unemployment rates in those groups are astronomical but the evidence shows that if you get people into employment it really improves their outcome so how how are you going to roll this out so that it reaches those sorts of people or are you reaching them already so basically the the pilot at the moment is just in two in two areas and what we want to do is I suppose over over the next year that we have left is really pull out the learning does this approach work in terms of integrating these these services and having this one uh, point of point of contact and then depending on on our evaluation we may well roll it out across the whole of uh, the whole of Scotland I think the the work that the improvement teams are are doing is the is the I suppose the key bit around engaging those groups that are that are hard to reach. So the groups in the job centres, mm-hmm. we've got um, teams within hospitals who also, if they're working with with patients, they are doing a lot to try and support those that are eligible to to access um, the service. And I think I suppose the initial learning seems to be that for those groups or those people who maybe do find it hard to access a service like this it's that that bit of kind of coming alongside them supporting them and perhaps doing the referral with them so on the computer together that's been far more effective Mm -hmm. than just kind of handing someone a leaflet and saying off you go Mm -hmm. and phone the number when you when you get when you get home that's not that approach hasn't worked so well and um, so I think that kind of one-to-one support and interaction in that relationship and it may be that perhaps that relationship needs to be built up for a period of time before bringing up health and work support and that and that next conversation but I think that that's going to be the key bit in terms of engaging and supporting these these other groups that we want to that we want to reach that we're not yet reaching as, as much as we would like yep. and I think just just to add in there that 
obviously as a mental health nurse I've worked for 12 years and we know that men struggle to speak about their, their emotions and, and mental health problems so I'm really inspired how many men have actually come, come through and used the service because actually we're not a threat, we're mainly telephone based so the person's in their own home, they're comfortable, I'm not there, I'm not a threat and they tend to open up more to me so I'm, I'm actually I'm enjoying that side, side of the project actually because I, I think from a health professional I, I suppose thought oh this is a barrier I'm not seeing the person because within mental health it's sometimes not what the person's telling me it's what their body language is telling me um, so I suppose it's just about finding new ways but actually from I think from a client's point of view it definitely seems to be a bit of an easier process for them. That's interesting to mm. hear. So I wanted to finish by just asking you all a kind of broad question you know integration of health and social care is what it's all about these days at least it seems to be in, in a lot of the stuff that I'm reading um, bringing quality improvement into that space what are the challenges and what excites you most about that work who wants to start right. well Glasgow ADRS has been integrated health and social care for a number of years now so this is essentially the norm for us these days um, there are challenges People come from very different backgrounds, different directions, but everyone has something slightly different to offer, so actually I'd say it adds more of a, a positive than a challenge. Great. I think there's a couple of things. Um, one of them is if we're really going to embed quality improvement across health and social care, then people need to be given some protected time to learn about the approach and to use it in their in their practice. And it's often kind of said, oh, not enough time, not enough time. But actually, that's a, that's a really, really valid thing. People need that space to try out the, the, the tools and to learn and to do their testing and to, um, to become confident in, in using the approach. I think there's something else around the culture and organisations and partners setting up a culture that's, um, I suppose, nurtures the use of quality improvement because if that's not there, if senior leaders um, and leaders at all level are, are, are not creating that culture, then it's very, very difficult. You can have lots of little improvement projects, but they won't kind of go anywhere real if, if there, there's not that broader culture across the organisation to sort of support and nurture that? I think um, f obviously through this pilot project we, we have the two improvement projects in Fife and Dundee and I think what's inspiring about them is that not just health staff but you've got job centre staff, you've got people from the third sector are all working together um, to kind of come up with ways to make this this work, this project work, which I think is quite inspiring. Because as Catherine said earlier, th they're not necessarily got an invested interest because it doesn't really impact them as a service, but they know it will help their, their, their person that they're dealing with. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's quite good. And I think Fife's quite good for that now, where we do tend to know a lot of the services that are out there. So I think that's where health and work support comes in. So when somebody comes in and... Because we're health professionals, we do the holistic assessment. It's not just about, OK, you're, you're phoning up a health condition, but actually, is there any social factors? Is there any environmental factors going on? And usually there is, but the person doesn't realise that at the time. So once you say that to them, and then you start saying to them, are you aware there are services in Fife that can help you for that? And we're able to pull it back together. So it's, it's, it is literally health and social care working together, which I think is good. It's really exciting work, especially for somebody from England, hearing about all this innovation going on north of the border. So thanks a lot for sharing with me. Thank you.